0: I'm telling you, this place is going to be awesome. You do not want to miss out on heaven. Well, if you're just joining us, we have been in a series over the last few weeks about the end times. Um, And if you're here today for the first time in this series, you got here just in time for the end of the end because today is the last message that I'm going to share in this series on the end times. We've been just kind of charting the course as to the prophetic events that are going to be taking place on the church or the prophetic calendar. We've talked about to this point that the next event to take place, I believe the next event to take place on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. That's when Jesus comes and gets His church to take us to be with Him in heaven. And when I talk about the church, I'm talking about people, I'm talking about the redeemed of the Lord. And then after the rapture, it will trigger the next prophetic event, which is a seven year period called the tribulation. And if you've not heard that message, you can go back to our website, you can listen to the message that I talked about on the tribulation and what will be going on here on earth as well as what will be going on in heaven during the tribulation. And then after the tribulation, the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to return for a second time to this earth. And that He is going to establish His millennial reign Is what it is referred to, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ that He will establish on the earth for a thousand years. And during that thousand years, Satan will be bound. But at the end of the thousand years, Satan will be loosed again for a season. And then God will deal with him once and for all. Well, maybe not once. It won't be the first time that he's dealt with him. But he will deal with him for the last time. The Bible said that he will be cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then we also noticed last week that after... Satan has been destroyed, then there is going to be what is called the great white throne judgment. And those whose names were not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life as well were cast into hell. And we talked last week about hell, so it was quiet in the house last week. But after the great white throne judgment, the Bible tells us that the next thing that's going to happen is the old heaven and the old earth are going to pass away, and that God. Is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning I want to talk to you about the eternal destiny of the believer last week we talked about hell but I thought we'll end this series on the end times on a positive note on a happy note on a joyful note today we're going to talk about heaven And hopefully I can share something with you about heaven that you didn't know before you got here today. And hopefully if you do not have the hope of heaven before you leave here today, you'll leave with hope in your heart that heaven awaits us. And it is going to be, let me just tell you now, there's no way that I'm going to be able in the time that I have allotted here this morning to fully describe what all heaven is going to be like. I don't know that we can even fully describe what heaven's going to be like. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 that eye has not seen and ear has not heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. And in John chapter 14... The Bible says, let not your hearts be troubled. I've quoted that scripture a lot in this, past, in this series. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And that scripture says that eyes not seen and ears not heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. Now listen, you're looking at a preacher this morning. You're looking at a pastor this morning that believes in a literal heaven. I believe in a literal hell and I believe in a literal heaven. I believe that if heaven did not exist, Jesus would have told us that heaven does not exist. Because in John 14, he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But he didn't tell us that there was not a place called heaven. He told us there is a place called heaven. And I'm just going to share with you three simple things this morning about heaven. And the first thing that we're going to talk about this morning is we're going to talk about the population of heaven. Have you ever thought about who all is going to be in heaven? this new heaven and this new earth you see the new heaven and the new earth is unlike the heaven that we know right now god said that the old heaven and the old earth that that we know now that that we are knowledgeable of now that's going to pass away but god is going to create a new heaven and he's going to create a new earth at the very end of the end where All of us as the redeemed of the Lord are going to dwell, but it's going to be more than just the redeemed of the Lord who are going to spend eternity in heaven. It's important that we know about the population of heaven. And the most important thing about the population of heaven is found in Revelation chapter 21, where John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Right now, water covers three quarters of the earth's surface. But in heaven, we'll no longer need that as our source or as our sustenance of life. Because Jesus, God, is going to be our source of life in the new heaven and in the new earth. And so water will not be necessary. And then in verse 2, Then I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband this new heaven this new Jerusalem is going to be so beautiful it's like a bride that is adorned for her husband and he said I heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men the dwelling of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people God himself will be with them and be their God you need to know when it comes to the population of heaven God is going to be there God is going to be dwelling there Matter of fact, anytime you read scriptures about heaven, it speaks about God. And where is God? God is always on His throne. God is never pacing the floor. God is never wringing His hands. God is never worried. God is never concerned about what's going on here on this earth. He is on His throne. He is large and in charge. He is in complete control of everything that's happening in heaven and on earth. And this scripture tells us that God is dwelling. In the New Jerusalem among men. And notice what God will do for the population of heaven. It says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now listen, this doesn't mean that God's just going to take a tissue and reach up and wipe the tear out of your eyes. But what God is going to do is God is going to take away the source of anything that might cause you to shed any tears in heaven. Because here's what I believe. I believe that in heaven we'll still have our memory there's a lot of things about earth that we're going to be able to remember i think that we'll also be conscious about who made it to heaven and who didn't make it to heaven and so if it were not for us having a full understanding of the justice of god and understanding that god gave everyone here on earth an opportunity to accept him or to reject him then heaven could be a place where we're sad because Somebody that we wanted to be there perhaps didn't get there but the Bible says that God is going to take away every source of emotion that would cause you to weep in a negative sort of way. You may weep but if you do you're going to be weeping for joy and weeping because of joy in your heart but it says that God is going to wipe away every tear from their eyes and I love this. There shall be no more death. Here's a few things that are not going to be of the population of heaven and that is there's not going to be any more death there's not going to be any more sorrow there's not going to be any more crying there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away amen that right there is enough to give me the hope that this is the place that I want to go to amen but when we talk about the population of heaven God is going to be there but not only Only is God going to be in heaven, the redeemed of the Lord, those who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in this life or during that seven-year period of the tribulation, they're also going to be a part of the population of heaven. Listen to what Revelation 7 and 9 says. He said, after these things, John said, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. I've had people ask me, is there going to be a lot of people in heaven? The answer to that question is yes. There is going to be a lot of people in heaven, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and all tribes and all peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Listen, every nation will be represented. Every tribe will be represented in heaven. Every tongue will be represented in heaven. There will be no racism in heaven. Somebody say amen to that. We will all live together throughout all of eternity, the redeemed of the Lord, no matter where you came from, no matter what language you speak, no matter what nation you represent, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And then the Bible tells us in Revelation 22 and 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. This is a picture of those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, amen. That we've put our faith and trust in what Jesus did at the cross. And by faith, by grace, through faith, we have been saved. Our robes have been washed. Our robes, even though our sins be as scarlet, the Bible says, they shall be white as snow. And blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life. And may go through the gates of the city. Who's going to be in heaven? God's going to be in heaven. Who's going to be in heaven? the redeemed of the Lord are going to be in heaven but that's not all when you go to the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 11 notice what Jesus said I tell you that many Gentiles will come from all over the world from east and west and they're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven who's going to be there? the Old Testament saints of God are going to be in heaven can you imagine being able to to sit down with somebody like Abraham and say, come on, Abraham, tell me what it was like in your day to believe God. What was it like in your day to believe God by faith? You had not yet seen the promise, but you had faith that the promise was going to come. Come on, Abraham, tell me, what was it like when you went up that mountain, when God asked you to offer your precious son to the Lord and you were walking up that mountain all the time believing that God was going to provide for you a sacrifice? What was it like when God... God showed up as your provider. Can you imagine sitting down with Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and the prophets of old and talking to them about the miracles that God did in their lives? Can you imagine talking to Moses and saying, Moses, what was it like to be standing before that Red Sea and lift up your rod in faith to God? And all of a sudden, those waters began to part so that you and those Israelites could cross through on dry ground. I'm telling you, folks, it's going to be... Be joyous what a day that's going to be but not only are the Old Testament Saints going to be there he also says that many Gentiles were come not just Israelites not just Jewish people but also the Gentiles the non-Jewish who have accepted Jesus Christ and then in Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 we are told that part of the population of heaven are the angels of God those ministering spirits of God those those messengers of God no angels will not cease to exist in the new heaven and in the new earth because look at what John saw he said I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne but not just there in Hebrews 12 and 22 he said you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels there are so many angels in heaven that you cannot even count those numbers and do you know what the purpose of those angels are they are the messengers of God they are the guardians of the people of God you may not believe in that but I believe it because that's what the scripture says that God has assigned his angels to encamp round about his people to protect us to provide for us somebody ought to be giving God a good praise about right now amen You'd think I had a house full of Georgia fans in the house this morning. Come on, Alabama fans. Roll Tide, let me hear from you this morning. Now I feel all dirty. You Auburn fans will forgive me there. It's The population of heaven, God's gonna be there. The redeemed are gonna be there. Both the old, the New Testament saints, the church of the living God, the angels, We're going to populate this new heaven and this new Jerusalem, this new earth. But not only do I want to talk about the population of heaven, we need to also talk about the occupation of heaven. Because some people think we're just going to get to heaven and do nothing. We're going to kick back on a nice, big, thick, white, fluffy cloud and float through the atmosphere for the rest of our lives. But that's not what the scripture says is going to happen with us in heaven. Well, what is the occupation of heaven? Revelation 14 and 13 says this. It says, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, yes, says the Spirit. They are blessed indeed for they will rest from their hard work. So one of the things that we're going to do in heaven is we're going to rest. Somebody say amen to that. Hey, when you've just come through a season where you've had eight funerals in two weeks and you're trying to sell 250 Christmas trees on a Christmas lot along with all the other responsibilities that you have. Believe me, there's been days I've been thinking, oh, Lord, I just need some rest. Heaven is going to be a place where we rest from our hard work, where we rest from our labors. You see, we have such a bad perspective of rest. We think that rest is something that we do as a result of the hard work that we've done, that we work to rest. But that's not the way God intended it to be. God didn't intend us to work and get weary and tired and then rest. No, God intended for us to rest so that we could work. So when we get to heaven, we're not going to just be resting all the time, doing nothing. We're resting so that we can serve Pastor, you mean we're going to serve in heaven? We're going to actually do some things in the new heaven and the new earth? Absolutely. Revelation 22 and 3 says that his servants shall serve him. Now, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But I do believe that all of us will have assignments. But I don't believe that it's going to be the kind of work that wearies you. I don't believe it's going to be the kind of work that's going to wear you out. I believe it's going to be the kind of work that God originally designed you for, that you are passionate about. And instead of it depleting your energy, it's going to give you energy. Amen? But we're going to rest in heaven. We're going to serve in heaven. But, oh, look at what Revelation 7, 9, and 10 says. It says we're also going to celebrate in heaven. And we're going to worship in heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to have church when we get to heaven. It said that they were clothed in white robes and they held palm branches in their hands. Palm branches are symbolic of praise. Palm branches are symbolic of celebration. They're symbolic of worship. And it said that they had their palm branches in their hands. John is seeing what's going on in heaven. And he said they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. So we're going to rest. We're going to serve. We're going to celebrate. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. And listen to me. You may not sound good singing here on earth, but when you get to heaven, you're going to sound good when you sing. You're going to truly make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. And here's what's so awesome about it. We're going to be able to worship throughout all of eternity. Why? Because we're now in our glorified bodies so that we don't get tired of standing. And we don't get tired of singing songs. And we don't get tired of doing this. Or we don't get tired of doing that. But we're in our glorified bodies. Amen. Where we'll never get weary again. And we'll never get tired again. I'm telling you, this place is going to be awesome. You do not want to miss out on heaven. We're going to rest we're going to serve, and we're going to celebrate and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, for some of you that are like, you mean when I get to heaven, it's just going to be more and more church? I'm going to have to sit through more church services? Pastor, wouldn't that get boring after a while? Because there's even some days, pastor at church on Sunday, I ain't there alone. I get bored in an hour and a half. For all of eternity, listen, I can tell you one thing, heaven will never get boring To anybody I think sometimes if we're not careful the way we preach about it and teach about it especially to the younger generation they feel like it's not such a great place to go to it kind of sounds boring no I'm gonna tell you something heaven's gonna be better than Disney World ever thought of being it's gonna be better than six flags could ever imagine It's going to be better than any video game you've ever played. I'm telling you, folks, heaven is going to be awesome. You will never get bored in heaven. Somebody say amen to that. Never will you get bored in heaven. So the population of heaven, the occupation of heaven, and then finally, and here's my favorite point today. Here's where I want to hang out for a minute. It's the captivation of heaven. The captivation of heaven. And let me tell you why heaven is going to be so captivating. It's because of what the writer of Hebrews 11 said about Abraham. It said that Abraham, by faith, waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, who's making this new heaven and this new earth. God is the creator of the new heaven and the new earth. And how many of you know that when God creates and when God makes something, it's awesome. It's captivating. You stand there in awe and you stand there in wonder. You're like, wow, God, how did you do this? And I can't describe it any better than the scripture has already described it. Listen to what he says in Revelation 21, beginning at verse 10. He said, he carried me away in the spirit. John is having this vision. Of what heaven is going to be like. And he said, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So God puts John up on a huge high mountain so that he can look down and see this new Jerusalem. And he said, it's descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone. Now he's describing how captivated he is by heaven. And he said her light was like a most precious stone. Like a jasper stone. Actually the Greek word should be translated diamond. We're talking about a perfect Diamond, A clear diamond. A perfectly cut gem. And he said like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also she had a great and a high wall with 12 gates. Talking about the new Jerusalem. She had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. And names written on them which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. The 12 tribes of the children of Israel represent the Old Testament saints. Of God, But notice he goes on and says there were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, th- three gates on the west, and three gates on the south. He said now the wall of the city had 12. Get this. 12 foundations. How many of you have 12 foundations in your house? I don't think any of us do. This wall of this city has 12 foundations. And on the foundations were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Because what we see happening here is we see the Old Testament saints and the New Testament church coming together in heaven. Coming together in the new Jerusalem. And then in verse 15 it said that he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. And after he measured it, it was like a cube. It was 1,500 miles square. That is 2,000,000 square miles of space. For us to occupy which is plenty Of room for billions of people To be a part of this New heaven and this new earth So don't tell me that it's just Going to be a few people there There's not going to be just a few people in heaven The number is innumerable You'll never be able to count How many people actually make It into heaven and I'm not one of those That believe more people end up in hell Than in heaven because I don't believe At the end of the time God is going to make Some kind of pronouncement more people ended up in hell than in heaven. I believe God wins. I believe that God gets the victory. Amen. I believe more people are going to end up in heaven than end up in hell. I do. I believe that this morning. Amen. And then notice in verse 18, he talks about the construction of this city. Just hang with me a few more minutes. The construction of its wall was Jasper. The wall of Jasper, diamond, diamond, And the city was pure gold like clear glass. You know, not like this cheap stuff that we wear. You know, this gold ring that I've got, it's not pure transparent gold because it has impurities in it. You can't see through this gold. But the the Bible tells us that the city was pure, transparent gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city. Remember, he said there were 12 foundations. And he said the, wall of the, the foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Now, usually the foundation is the ugliest part of the house. It's the part of the house that's underground. It's the part of the house that nobody sees, but not in heaven. These 12 foundations, look at this. The first foundation was jasper. The second was sapphire. The third was chalcedony. The fourth was emerald. The fifth was sardonyx. The sixth was sardius. The seventh was chrysolite. The eighth was beryl. The ninth was topaz. The tenth was chrysoprase. The eleventh was jacinth, And the twelfth was amethyst. All of these 12 stones that make up the 12 foundations of this city. Let me tell you, when God builds something, he does it right. When God puts something together, God uses the best of materials. He doesn't skimp. He doesn't do it cheap. He gives it his best. And heaven is going to be the best that he has ever given us. And then it goes on and says that the 12 gates that we talked about were 12 pearls. Look at this now. Each individual gate was one pearl pearl. Do you know how big these gates are? 1,400 miles high. That's how big these pearls are. Can you imagine how big the oysters are in heaven? If they can put out 1,400 foot pearls, Every single one of them. But you know where a pearl comes from, don't you? A pearl comes from from, from the, the agitating of the flesh, of, or, or, or the, the wounding of the flesh of an oyster. And when you get to heaven and you see those pearls, here's what it's going to speak to you of. It's going to speak to you of the magnitude of how much Jesus suffered in His flesh. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes We are healed. And when you see those great big pearls, you're going to be reminded of the magnitude of how much Jesus suffered so that you could be there and so that I could be there and so that we could spend eternity in this new heaven and new earth. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. In the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Not like this asphalt, you know, you see out here in our roads that's temporary, that breaks up. No, the roads in the new heaven and the new earth, they are transparent gold. And they don't just run horizontally. Get this. You're going to be in your glorified body. You know what that means? That means you're now going to be able to travel at the speed of thought. You can think a place and be there now wouldn't that be awesome you won't just have to click your heels together you can just think it and you'll be there in your glorified body and in your glorified body not only will you be able to travel horizontally you'll also be able to travel vertically and the streets in heaven don't just go vertically they also go horizontally and they are pure transparent gold Is anybody getting homesick here this morning? oh my goodness this is a good place verse 23 it said the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it the lamb is its light will not need the sun the moon and the stars in heaven why because the presence of God will dwell in heaven and the presence of God will light up that city and can you imagine how captivating it's going to be when the light of the lamb lights up this city and you've got that transparent gold and you've got all of those precious jewels adorning the foundation can you imagine when the light of God's glory hits all of that and all of those colors come alive how captivating that is going to be oh my goodness somebody ought to we ought to just stop right now and give God a praise for this place that he has prepared for us amen but he goes on and I'm about to close I know I've been flying here this morning because of our time but notice he said he showed me a pure river of water of life and I don't think he's necessarily speaking literally here I think he's speaking to us here about the source of eternal life that continually flows in heaven he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb And in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now we come back and we see the tree of life once again that we were introduced to back in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And that tree of life, and again I believe it's speaking of eternal abundance and blessing that we will enjoy in the new heaven and in the new earth. But notice what this next passage says. And there shall be no more curse. Do you want to know why we're going to be able to dwell with God so intimately in heaven? We're going to be able to dwell with God so intimately in heaven because there is no sin in heaven to separate us from the Lord. There's no sin in heaven to separate us from God. The curse has been removed because sin has been done away with. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. Now listen, all of that is captivating. The streets of gold, the gates of pearl, the walls of jasper, the foundations of every precious stone. Let me tell you what's going to captivate you more than anything else about heaven. They shall see His face. And when you see His face, everything else about heaven will just kind of dim and blur in the background as you focus on His face. We shall behold Him. We shall behold Him face to face in all of His glory. We shall behold Him. We shall behold Him face to face, our Savior and Lord I know that right now the scripture says that because of our sin because of our unrighteousness that no man can see God's face and survive and no man can see God's face and live but in that place we are going to be holy. In that place, there will be no sin to separate us from God. In that place, we will be pure. And in that place, we will be just like Him because we will see Him as He is. And we will be able to behold Him face to face. Oh, somebody just worshiped the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> face to face. And on His name, or on their foreheads will be His name. We will be His possession. We belong to him. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord gives them light and they shall reign forever and forever And that's ultimately where the redeemed get to Where we rule and we reign forever and ever with the Lord After hearing all of this you can understand Why John ended this book saying, he who testifies to these things says, surely, I'm coming quickly. Listen to me, church. Jesus is coming soon. And not only is he coming soon, but notice what he said. He's coming quickly. In a moment, at the twinkling of an eye, he will come. When the rapture takes place. Quickly. It's going to happen. And I believe it's going to happen soon. And so the question now is, are we ready? If he were to come today, would we make it to heaven? John was experiencing much persecution and hardship when he got this vision. And so that's why when he heard the Lord say that he's coming quickly, that's why he said, even so, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. Oh. Come, Lord Jesus. Would you say that with me this morning? Come, Lord Jesus. Let's say it again. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.